1: Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And you are, you know, of course, tuning into uh, another fun episode. We are doing this every day. And, you know, not only do I have a fun guest conversation for you today, but I have not one, not two, but three guests for you on the show today, which I am excited uh, to bring in. And they are actually some friends that I got to hang out with in New York uh, and I've been following and uh, really enjoying what they're building uh, not only for the future of education and reimagining this whole web three world, but really a uh, a really dialed in well thought out project that's been in the works for a long while, which I can't wait to you know bring to uh, everyone 's attention here on the podcast. But before we do that, we are sponsored by the crypto business Conference. Crypto business conference is happening in beautiful in san diego. i 'll share a little bit more about the conference uh, back at the end of the podcast, but you know, without further ado, let's just jump into bringing in our guests over here, and we are streaming it on, uh, you know, video for those that are listening in audio. Uh, I know not everyone, not all of your friends, not everyone is a podcast listener. Although that slightly blows my mind, as podcasts are my number one way of consuming uh, content and inter- uh, and information. But we are on YouTube, so if you are listening to this and you're like, I wanted to share it with a friend, but they're not really into podcasting we got you. Just send them the YouTube video or the YouTube playlist, and uh, we will uh, make sure you can kind of connect those dots that way. So um, with that, I have the team from uh, Meta University, right? We have the the whole crew here. So uh, thanks so much uh, for jumping in. And Cy, I'll let you kind of uh, jump first, because on my screen, you're sitting right next to me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. uh, And then we'll just kind of each one of you can introduce yourself, and then we'll talk, uh, kind of set up the project. But even more about um, you know who you guys are and how this all came together. Uh, I feel like I've had the privilege of being on this journey with you guys for many months, but our audience might be uh, first kind of tapping in. So, Sai, over to you. Give us a little intro of who you are.
2: Sure. Um, first of all, Fanzo, thanks for having us. For those of you who don't know, we actually got a bite in New York. I think we were at a pizza place and we all met up, had a good conversation about NFTs. Um, so, my name is Sai. Uh, I am 17 years old. I'm one of the younger ones on this podcast. Um, and I'm the co-founder of Metaversity, a project that my brother uh, and I and Harsha have been working on uh, for the past couple of months. Uh, I have been involved in the Web3 and NFT space for a while now and just getting more in the depths of it, just learning more every single day. That's, that's really what we're here about. And we're just trying to teach other people more about NFTs, the Web3 community, um, pretty much anything you can think of. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It was at one of my favorite pizza joints too, which is Ray's right there off of Times Square. And all of you like New York pizza maxis that are going to tell me that one's not good one. Uh, it served me well for about 20 years of me, uh, you know, maybe having one or too many to drink and then usually going there or stopping by in an afternoon bite. And that was uh, that was pure serendipity that you guys were there at the same time I was. And uh, Shrieker, you're up next. But we got to hang out a little bit there. Uh, oh, there's my see my Adderall. My Adderall alarm clock goes off. I feel like I record these every day at 1.30. But uh, we got to hang out a little bit at VCon and uh, got to, you know, get to know you a little bit more there. And, you know, what an amazing event. But, uh, you know, excited to have you on as well. Uh, you know, I know uh, you and I kind of first connected a, a long time ago. But uh, let the audience know a little bit about you and uh, and then we'll we'll jump over uh, to Harsha.
3: Sure. First of all, thanks for having us on here, Fanzo. It's definitely going to be an amazing time. Uh, I wanted to get started by really mentioning how we first met up. And I think it started when one of my friends told me about this podcast. And I was at the time getting into NFTs, learning a lot about where I could find the most information possible, provided we were building a project called Metaversity, which obviously is going to be the bulk of what we'll be talking about. But our entire project revolves around education. And so I was looking for an avenue to learn more myself. And that's when I came across NFT365. I obviously saw the amazing host, Fanzo. I heard about what he was talking about, looked through all the podcasts. And that's when I went to VCon and I saw Fanzo in person for the first time. And I was like, okay, that has got to be Fanzo. He's repping out the NFT365 merch. He's got like the hat on. He's got like his crew with him. And I was like, okay, you know what? I got to go talk to this guy. And I went up to Fanzo um, and I think Fanzo, that was the first time we met up. And I just pitched you and I told you about what I was building. I told you that I was a content creator had been doing a lot of side hustles. And then I had this idea about building a university for side hustles called Metaversity. And I think that's really where we kicked off. And after that, we met up again in NFT NYC, like you mentioned at the pizza shop, which was cool. And it's just been an amazing time being able to build this relationship with you. Also learn a lot on our side from what you have to offer and really just take it from there. So that's a little bit about how we met up. And to go about uh, of what I've been doing, I've been a content creator just like my brother for a while now. Uh, We've been doing TikTok, Instagram stuff, built a couple million followers across socials and really got into this world of NFTs a couple of months ago when I started investing into NFTs and started flipping NFTs. And I realized that there was a lot of potential behind these profile pictures. And there was a lot of, there's a lot more going on than that you could really understand when you began to dive into like this whole crazy world of Web3. And that's really where our inspiration for our project started. And it's, really just been an amazing journey from then.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, and we're going to tap back in a little bit to that uh, VCon experience, but uh, Harsha, I'm going to jump over to you uh, next. Uh, give us a little bit about your background and, and your role with uh, with the team.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, like they said, thank you so much for having me on Fanzo. I, this is such a great experience. And just like the switch of being able to be uh, the listener to now being able to be on this podcast is uh, insane. So Uh, thank you so much for that. But um, I'm Harsha. I'm the project manager for Metaversity. I work with Shrieker and Sai on building out the community and essentially creating the roadmap and figuring out uh, what we really want to do with this project. So I got into NFTs around August, you know, when everything was really nice um, and just started flipping a lot of NFTs, getting onto some good projects. And then I realized that uh, the learning curve that I had to take was pretty insane to really get everything set up and just know what to do and what not to do. And I think that's where this idea kind of spawned where we're like, okay, let's kind of create a centralized but decentralized space for education and have a knowledge base for people that want to learn. So now we're here and I'm loving every day of it.
1: I love it. Well, I'm excited to have all three of you on. And you know, I think setting the stage, you know, for you know, our audience, one of the things I just want to put out there, right, is that, you know, not only, you know, uh Shrieker, you had reached out via Messenger, you know, ahead of time and you were you know, it was just complimenting the podcast, talking about, you know, the podcast impact um on you. And you know, we were at VCon, uh, you know, Drew and myself, and we were probably, you know, presented, I don't know, 15 or 20 projects where people had come up, known the podcast or known me. But I will say, and this is, you know, the where for our audience, there was one project that we were talking about a couple of days after that event. And that, and it was this project, right. And, and, and part of it was the approach part of it was, you know, your, you know, uh, you know, presentation and kind of delivering, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we care about. But also there's just, there's a, a beautiful element of like, not only did you like shoot your shot or what we say, raise your damn hand, uh, here on the, on the podcast, but there was also just this other element of like, pure desire and curiosity to, to learn and want to put out something that is bigger and better than maybe even you knew it was possible so I'm curious you know uh, I would love to start off you know from a standpoint of you know your you know curiosity and what you're building like the origin of you know, I know you know each of you kind of got into nfts and web three but what's like that like what's that purpose that's driving uh, not only the project but like as a team and, and what you guys are building because I could feel it when it, when I first you know met you at Beacon and I got to to meet the rest of the guys there, but we've done many Zoom calls together as well. And to me, there is something kind of magical about what you guys are building. So I'm sure you know, Shriker, I'll throw it to you first. You know where where does that where does that purpose and that and that passion come from?
3: Oh man, that's definitely a deep question. I, I would say for us, especially this core team right here, being friends for a while. We've always had this intrinsic desire to build something bigger, like you mentioned, Fanzo, than just ourselves. Uh, We wanted to create a a bigger impact than what we could do by ourselves. We wanted to be able to gather together groups of like-minded individuals, people who want to create that impact in society, be able to really bring them together and show to the rest of the world what that would look like. And for us, that passion really lied in business as well as education, because we realized that there was definitely a need for the education to be able to be spread out to a lot more people. And at the same time, we were very passionate about building businesses and building side hustles because we'd been doing this for a while. And it was only the natural way of things for us to be able to combine the two and create a project revolved around helping spread that education and be able to implement most of the business that we've been learning over the last few years, really. Um, And I think that really struck out to us a lot. Because as we'd been building, we only realized that it's just the most fun thing ever. Um, Regardless of where the project goes, you know, it's just being able to show that to other people, being able to bring together amazing people, doing things like this, getting on podcasts, meeting amazing people like yourself, Fanzo. It's just been an awesome ride, really. And that's really why we're doing what we're doing.
1: So I, I love that you mentioned, and Sai, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send this one to you. You know, I know I love that you guys mentioned you've been doing this for a while, right? You're creators. You're also have run agencies around influencer and marketing uh, concepts. And I will, you know, I will say like that to me stands out a lot. But you know, Sai, you said what seventeen? Is that is that correct? Uh, I'm curious. Like, I mean. At 17 years old, I sure as hell was not, uh, you know, business conscious or business focused. Uh, I was trying to decide how the hell I was going to get into college. That's actually (laughs) what I was doing at 17. Uh, I'm curious, like, from what? What is it? Was it family? Was it the the environment? Was it you know a teacher? What was you know at your age? You've you have experience in this space as far as marketing and content creator at 17 years old. I'm curious where that came from for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a couple of years ago my family wasn't in the best financial situation. Um, I actually wrote a book about this. Um, it's called Outset, and I kind of just go over like how my family life influenced the way that I came out to be. Um, I think we were in a gas station and my dad didn't have money on him, so he asked me if like I could spot him. And then I was like, okay, I need to do something bigger than that's bigger than just me. So I started diving into all these different side hustles, seeing if I could provide for my family. Um, And then it sort of just took off from there. And I think being young definitely gave me a competitive advantage to everything that I am doing. Um, I have had a lot of people tell me that I'm too young to do certain things. And it definitely was a little, um, it it wasn't the best feeling ever, but I sort of maneuvered around it, just showed them that age is really just a number. Uh, And I think as I started meeting amazing people such as yourselves, just building those connections and um, really just showing what I am as a human being beyond my age has been really helpful. I think like as you start to climb up a ladder, it's definitely fulfilling, but more fulfilling than that is bringing more people up that ladder with you. Um, and I've seen it firsthand, so I think like with the project that we're building, it's just amazing to get these like-minded individuals like my brother was talking about and just bringing them up the ladder because that's honestly the most fulfilling thing you can do.
1: Well, I will tell you, all of those people telling you that you are too young it's coming from a place of jealousy that they were not at your age where they were confident it is nothing to do with your age we need you know more people that are coming from you know diverse experiences and backgrounds and i love that you hadn't let that um you know stop you as well and also you know for those listening at home too right there's a when we think about like future generations or those that are leading us into the future you might have noticed that there wasn't a buildup or a promotion about the millions of followers that they've built up on TikTok, or side just casually dropping that. He wrote a book. Um, I just thought put this out there. right? I love, you know, the humility, also the, the mission, the, the passion that you guys share and it comes through in everything. And I, and I like to highlight those and I'm not highlighting it to like, you know, build you guys up, but I am highlighting it to show so many of us, we end up, you know, looking at it and like the book has to be over our shoulder and it has to be in our, in our face. You know, the number of followers are the things that we lead, but it's the core great people, and the rest of that is the stuff that we will all discover. And so, Sai, I love that you that you mentioned that. I also appreciate you know the vulnerability, right? The you know, I I do believe Gen Z is teaching all of the world right now what vulnerability means, uh, what authenticity truly means. Um, and Harsha, I'd love to hear from from your take. You know, as you know, you know, Sai's mentioned as far as you know, being young and, and kind of building this up, you know, uh, Shrieker mentioned about having the experience, you know, as you've been building you know, a project in this space, as you've been leaning into Web3, I'm curious, like what, what are some things that either excite you or things that maybe surprised you that you're hoping to kind of take on with, you know, your project and the things that you guys have working?
0: For sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of mixed reviews, right. That's going on with NFTs, especially from a public standpoint, Um, I think the biggest thing that excites me is just the actual technology itself. So I'm definitely a big nerd when it comes to blockchain. I I very much love all the new innovations happening. And I think just the fact that so many applications of proof of ownership can come out from this and every project is trying to find their own niche to break into um, and just really create that innovation. I think that really excites me a lot because... That, that that's just going to be huge for the future when uh, I, I feel like ultimately it is going to be coming a time where crypto is going to be a major economic power, uh, powerhouse, and it already is becoming that. So I think that very much excites me. One thing I would say that does scare me is uh, this space is very early, right? So uh, when people are trying to enter, there's a large barrier that comes into play where you you need to know exactly what's going on. And even if you miss one little step along the way, you may mess up and things might not go well for you. And I feel like especially for beginners, that's extremely discouraging and it just stops them from even wanting to continue on. So I think those things were the two main factors that I really wanted to emphasize and use this project as a platform to be able to teach people, first of all, like, how to avoid scams and how to actually set yourself up right. So then you enjoy what you're doing and you just don't want to back out of it and miss out on the amazing, beautiful things that are happening in this space. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are definitely the biggest things that have really motivated me and captured me into this.
1: I love that. And you know, you know, geeks unite for sure. And I like to, you know, I credit Steve Jobs a lot for me finally feeling like being a geek was cool, right? Like I, I, I kind of hid that from, I, you know, I was, I played hockey and baseball in, in, in high school and, and then hockey in college. And I, you know, I always loved the geek side I think it's a beautiful space that we're in now. I also think it's really interesting just from, you know, if we look like it is early, right. But, you know, like for, a lot of people looked at like millennials and they would say things and this is you know generational side would say things like, oh, you guys were born with an iPhone in your hand. Right. And I always reminded them like I had a razor flip phone my freshman year in college. Right. So even when I was in college, uh, the iPhone didn't exist. The Blackberry did not exist. Um, and then, of course, there's a generation kind of born into the social media and where social media comes around. But I actually look at where we're going forward is there's going to be a time. In the very near future, where we're going to look back and laugh about the time before blockchain, the time before cryptocurrency, the idea that we were limited by borders of countries and types of currency from truly making innovation happen, right? The idea that that was just, it's almost going to look back and be like, what, how do we even operate in these like weird silos? But there is, a, I appreciate that honesty on like where we're kind of at, you know, currently, right? Because there is something you know, a little bit scary in this kind of rough waters. Um, and you know, Shrieker, I'm curious. You know, you we've you guys have asked a lot of questions. I've been able to, you know, kind of advise and share some of my thoughts. Your you know, team humility, the team, um, the way that you not only take advice and are leaning into it, but you know, I'm I'm not one that likes to uh you know set people up uh you know for failure by surprise, right? And so I talked a lot with you guys last time about like. We have to prepare for a slow burn, right? We have to prepare for the possibility of like a a seven percent return on your whitelist, right? Or your your right. Discord, and that's like a that's a hard thing to accept because you've been putting in the work, right? And I and when I first discovered the project, you know, I expected you know based on the on VCon that like okay, it's coming out any day now, right? And I love that we're getting you know closer to that time. But I'm curious, you know, trigger, from your since you guys have kind of been building the project. What are some of the things that you've had to adapt from like your thinking and strategy as you uh, approach launching? Because I think there's so many people out there right now that they want to still stick with what their thought was in March. And not only have the times changed and our market has changed, but I would argue the NFT owner is more; has more information and more dialed in than they've ever been before. So I, yeah. I love how you guys have, have really leaned into some of the, the feedback that I've given you. But I'd love to hear from your side. Like, What are some of the things that you're starting to recognize? Like, hey, we have to adapt this. We have to change uh, some of these things. I think that would really help our audience.
3: Definitely, Fanzo. Um, I would say the biggest thing for us being content creators, one thing that I noticed was that when we first got into the space, We did put a lot of efforts on influencer marketing, and I would say that has been something that has changed a lot, uh, I would say, with like all our entire team, really, um, because we realized that maybe influencers don't move the needle as much as we think when it comes to the NFT space. And I think that's been something we've been starting to realize as the months have gone on, just because of how the space has been evolving now, I'm not saying that influencers aren't important. I'm sure there are influencers out there, especially Web3 influencers who can definitely bring on communities. But one thing that we really started to realize was that we shouldn't be putting all our eggs into the influencer basket and just rely on our what, like millions of followers or whatever to just try to get people into the Discord to be able to sell out our project. Because I don't think that's how the space works. And also sometimes that can get a little bit scammy to people And so what we've realized and how we've adapted is we've started doing a lot more organic marketing over the last uh, couple of weeks. I would say we've started doing more word of mouth, talking to great people in the space, really just working on building up our project and making those connections. And I think that has gotten us a lot further than just doing a bunch of like story posts on our like Instagram, for example. And I think that has been like a huge realization that I've had.
1: Well, and I will give you credit too, right? Because, you know, there is no playbook for influencers, right? I I always like the level set because for anyone that's never been hired as an influencer or content creator, there's like this assumption of like, why aren't they more transparent? Why are they hawking that brand? Why doesn't, you know, and if for those that don't understand this, this space, there isn't like every brand, I I just got off a call, like my call leading into this um, is a project, uh, actually, it's a massive project that we've had multiple calls, kind of just like managing expectations of like, what I'm willing to do, what we want to accomplish. And I will say, you know, Shrieker, when we, you and I were talking, we were laughing about like, hey, we should collab. And I was like, well, how is your audience that you have like receiving NFTs in this space? And you were point blank, like, well, that's not really where I built like what my audience relationship was. And that's refreshing, right? Because as influencers, as content creators, we have to recognize that some of this content is just not going to work with some of our audience, not only because it's early, but they're not looking from, for that for us right now, right? Like there's a good chance they're going to find another entry point. They come back and find out you guys are involved in a project. But I'm curious, Shreaker, from that side, and then I, you know, just give it from a content creator perspective, mm-hmm. how have you like leaned in, cause you said organic, but for those that aren't familiar kind of with that organic, how have you taken your creator skills and sure. leaned into the organic side of the house to kind of share?
3: Definitely. Yeah, no, I think being a creator has helped me in a lot of ways for sure. Now I'm not discrediting everyone who's not a creator. There are a lot of ways that you can definitely do organic marketing, whether you're a creator or not. But for me being a creator has given me leverage in a way that my brand has been built out a little bit more And I would say this goes for a lot of people, really building out your brand on whatever level has helped in so many ways for me. And I would say for a lot of people in general, just building out your brand is super helpful. And so being able to do that has allowed me to make some big connections with people who are maybe in the Web3 space or not in the Web3 space, because they do see some sort of potential collaboration opportunity, because although my audience may not directly convert to NFTs, there are certain things that my audience likes that I can provide in value for other people, and vice versa. So I think that's been a great way for me to sort of use my audience to build. Um, really, especially with this project, even though it's not a direct correlation, it has definitely helped us in other ways. So being a creator does give you that leverage, I would say for sure.
1: I couldn't agree more, and I think this space needs more creators. Let's let's be very truthful. If anyone that's listening to this and you're wondering if you know where you fit. You know, creation as a whole, and Sai, I would love to hear your take on that. And then I'd also like to hear you, know, you mentioned your family and kind of like you kind of jumping into business. I'd love to hear your family's kind of response to you guys creating this project and kind of bringing this together. Because I will say, for a lot of people, you know, it's it's fine when our friends are kind of like, "Meh, okay, sure," but when like those that are closest to us are like, "You're getting into a Ponzi scheme, or you're buying expensive JPEGs," you know, that can be a little bit disheartening. But yeah, I'd love to hear your take, Sai, on. On what Sugar shared, and then a little bit on that on that family side.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think building off what my brother said, being a creator has definitely given us leverage. And I think when you create content, it's like, how do I create content that gets views? And the way you do that is through value. And I think that's been replicated throughout whatever we are doing. Uh, you know, whether it's metaversity or whether it's the other businesses we've built up, it's all about the product. And I think that's what really matters. If someone comes into the Discord, do they get do they get like immediate information? Do they get um, actual entertainment value. And that's what we're really trying to brainstorm as a team. And I think especially with the way the, uh, mar- the market has changed recently, it's all about organic marketing. And greater than that, I think it's word of mouth. So if someone comes into the Discord, someone sees the project, if it provides value to them, then they will definitely talk. So I think instead of focusing so much on the marketing, it's really about the product that you're building out. And then that just comes down to utility. Uh, so I think that's that's been very helpful for us being cl- uh, creators. And I think family wise, I have been, me and my brother, we've been very fortunate to have amazing parents. They're always super supportive of what we do. Uh, And even when my parents didn't have a lot of money, they were always trying to give back, you know, fund whatever they could. And I think me and my brother drew inspiration from that. And even with like metaversity, NFTs, they were all very new to this and they were very understanding. They really trust us as human beings and we just show them like what we're doing on a day to day basis and they support it to the fullest. So we've really lucked out with amazing parents. And I think we've definitely gotten inspiration from them.
1: I love that. I, and, you know, shout out to all those parents that are, you know, supporting. And, and, you know, I, I took my, my, I have two daughters that are going to be in middle school and today was middle school orientation. And I have my second daughter going to middle school for whatever reason, it hit me a little harder today than even my oldest going. I feel like I, I was like, oh, okay, I got one kid in middle school, and now I'm going to have two uh, kids in middle school. And I feel, you know, watch out for that school, having, you know, two fans of girls in that school. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be wild. But as a dad, I, I love hearing, you know, that support. And uh, Harsher, I'm I'm curious from, you know, we're going to tap into the project here in a minute, but I'm curious from a, a collaboration perspective amongst, you know, the team, right? Everyone's kind of working in different ways. You're content creators, you guys have businesses. How have you guys kind of fine tuned or come together. What are some of the things that you guys maybe do well or some of the things that you know others can learn from because you know I've been getting to know you, you guys very well and you are very uniformed and you have kind of a a great approach yet you both all three especially the three you know you three that I've been able to get to know better bring your own kind of, you know, self to uh, the project, which I think everyone needs to have. I, I I feel bad for projects that kind of, they end up losing what the personalities of each one of the people are. So I'm curious, Harsha, from a collaboration and working together, what are some of the things that you guys are doing that, you know, it seemed to work really well?
0: For sure, yeah. Uh, I'd say we definitely, uh, we've all known each other. Like I, I went to high school with Shrieker and uh, knew Sai because my brother's friends with him. So we definitely- knew our personalities and we knew that we could work together. Well, um, when it came to like the actual, our benefits or, or what we're good at. Um, I think it, it worked really well because Shrieker inside uh, they're, they're amazing content creators. They've built up this network for themselves. And um, I'm, I'm also working on that content creator aspect as well and building up my own socials. But I think my uh, skills really lie in the technical aspect, as I mentioned, and, I've, I've looked into so many projects that I've really realized what works, what doesn't. And sometimes I just like to sit back, watch a mint happen and see what exactly the team has been doing. That's led to different floor changes. Cause I mean, with, with such low supply it's uh, for these projects relatively compared to other assets like stocks and stuff, any small decision you make moves uh, the power and value of your project a lot. Right. So yep. I think Uh, It definitely works really well where Shrieker and Psy are more of like the external, I guess, um, members where they really reach out to different people, uh, get to connect with them. um, And I get to be alongside that as I am right now and get to learn the loops and everything. Whereas I'm more so very much focused on the Discord, focusing on what we're going to provide, how it's portrayed, how we're doing events, things like that. Um, And it's more of like uh, putting together both sides it works really well where we get to meet up. I get to hear what they have to say. They get to hear what I have to say. And then we put our ideas together and then just integrate them as a whole. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of projects should be doing. I think I've noticed a few projects where uh, it's kind of very separate, where the founders are, are just there to exist. And there's a bunch of mods and other people that are just like, taking care of things. Whereas we have Shrieker and Sai coming up with ideas and saying, oh, we met this person. Maybe they can provide this value to the community. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But how do we do that exactly? We can make an event like this, use this platform. And yeah, I think that's that's what we've kind of figured out as a system that works really well for us. And it's, it's great. I love it.
1: Oh, I love it. And I, I tell you, I'm really geeking out lady, lately watching some of these projects. And like, I have my own, like, I don't even tell anyone. I don't even tell anyone on my team on like my own opinion on a couple of projects, but I'll get messages like, why didn't you mint that one? And I'm like, I've literally been watching every step of that. And I'm like, I, I'm just waiting for it to fall apart or waiting for it to shoot up, right? Like there there's both sides of this. But, you know, I think for those that are listening as well, you know, unfortunately right now, we all have to kind of build from scratch from like Discord and community, But it doesn't mean we're building from not knowing anything, right? I think this is such a misnomer, where it's like, well, yeah, I'm building the Discord yet, and we all have to build these individually, so I'm just kind of winging it. And it's like, hold on a second. There's hundreds of great discords and active communities that you can participate in. You can learn their structure, the way that they make things work, and then adapt that for for what we're working on. So I love that you brought that up, Harsha, and I think that's a you know a key component. And I think there are different roles on how we play, you know, although. You know, I think, uh, you know, getting that geek stuff out is also uh, a, you know, a beautiful combination of, uh, of this world as well. Uh, Shrieker, I'd love to hear from, you know, from the, when this project, before it had a name, what, when you guys kind of g- came together, what was like that, like origin? And then how did it go from, okay, this to let's make it a project and then let's lean in. And I'd love to just hear that part of that origin story.
3: Benzo, I was hoping you would ask me that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my brother and I actually had this idea uh, a few months ago when we wanted to dive into building our own NFT project after we'd been flipping and trading NFTs on our own. And we really thought about how to provide as much value as possible. Education was definitely the biggest thing that kept coming up to us because we realized there was a lack of education in the space. We wanted to show everybody what Web3 was about and ultimately, like I mentioned, be able to build a, a really cool business around this and really spread that information to others. And when we first started, we kind of brainstormed ideas for where education would lie. And the thing that kept coming up to us was like colleges. And we were like, "Okay, well, colleges are the perfect example for education because that's really what they provide. And obviously, Cy, being the young dude that he is, had to go to college. So we were just thinking about how we can integrate that. And we came up with the idea for a project called Collegiate Ape Club, and (laughs) it was like the most like. It was like a name that everybody probably expected in the space because everybody was doing like the Ape thing with like the board Ape starting that. Um, And at the time we were like, wow, this is such a genius idea. We're going to rule like all colleges with our NFTs. Um, And we started thinking about how we can integrate NFTs with colleges. And we thought about going to various colleges and giving speeches, being able to talk about education, which is still an aspect that we carry on for Metaversity today. But in terms of like the actual profile pictures, we wanted to do like an ape for each college in America, like the top 50 colleges in America or something. Um, We quickly realized there's a lot of copyright issues involved with that. So unfortunately, that didn't pan out. But fortunately, that led us to think a little bit deeper. And we came up with the idea for Metaversity, which was like the Metaverse University. And I told my dad and my mom, and I was like, okay, do you guys want to go for a collegiate ape club? or Metaversity. And it was like an easy blowout. Uh, And after that, we stuck with Metaversity. And that was really like the origin of where this came about. So education has been the constant uh, throughout the project, regardless of the name. But yeah, there have been a couple of changes over the last few months.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that part. I remember you telling me that the first time and I was like, I, that, that, that resonates. Right. Cause I think, you know, where we kind of begin with that like origin story or even like, you know, how we're molding this all together, you know, it continues to grow. And, and sigh I'm curious from, from your standpoint, like meta university, right. Like the, the metaversity concept, right. Like there's a lot of people that are like, yes, we need more education, but there's also people that are like, but who are they educating? Or what are they educating on? Or, you know what's going to work and i've been very vocal on the podcast being like i will support amplify every education play like literally i don't care <laughs> like we we will never have too much education well it's not true we'll never have too much good education in this space uh you know anyone that's browsed instagram or tiktok lately from a crypto NFT space. I mean, I, I had to mute a couple of people just th- this week because there's a couple of crypto people that are misinforming people on just like the Ethereum merge. And, and it's like, oh my goodness, like I know how many people you're reaching and you're doing, like you're, you're misinforming. And, and I think that's unfortunate. But Sai, I'm curious, like for those that are listening, when, it, when you think about like those people that, you're, that are uh, you know, going to not only you know, buy the NFT, but you're building the, the educational component for, what does that look like? Who are the people? What are some of the things that people can look forward to?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I I think I watched this TED talk a while ago. I talk about this a lot, actually. And he goes over something called Maya, M-A-Y-A. It stands for most advanced yet acceptable. And he says that that's how most billion dollar businesses are created. You have some aspect of advanced to it, but it has to be acceptable at the same time. And I think Web3 has allowed exactly for that. And I think that's what we're really diving into. But in order to get that aspect of acceptability, you have to have that advanced part to it too. So um, when we educate people, we try to educate them both in the web two and web three world. So being content creators ourselves, I think it's very cool to teach people the structure that we sort of built out to get us to, you know, whatever followers we have. And that's been very helpful for people looking to join the discord. Um, And as soon as you join the discord, you have a lot of uh, utility as, as it is. And we have uh, education from content creation, you know, stocks, crypto, blockchain. And then for our whitelist holders, uh, we have a lot more content. And it's all just really about bringing together that aspect of familiarity. Uh, it's And then at the same time, just being advanced. So I think people that really are hustlers want to join our Discord, people that want to do something a little different, start a side hustle, do something bigger than just themselves. And that's what we've really uh, sort of built out at Metaversity. And I think the inspiration for that kind of spurred through our content creation. And when we did that, we didn't have like a... like we didn't have like a manual to teach us how to do it. We kind of had to figure things out on our own. And as we started to figure it out, we realized that there's no one sort of teaching that stuff. So we wanted to be the people that showed these people that it's not as hard as they think it is. Uh, So I think the people just joining are really hustlers at heart wanting to learn.
1: Couldn't agree more. I mean, it's why I got paid a lot of money to speak on pressing the damn button, which to me was like, It's like Nike. Nike already owns that, right? Just do it, right? And I was like, I had my own version with press the damn button, and and so much of it is there isn't a a playbook, right? And there isn't a roadmap. And I will also say that's partially why, like, I really appreciate TikTok from a content creation perspective because unlike a lot of the other platforms, your ability to kind of like lean into what you feel works and then kind of like double down, and then you know the not only does the algorithm work that way, but it seems to you know it's definitely not like you don't need. Millions of followers to get your content in front of millions of eyeballs, um, where in most other cases that might be a little bit different. Um, Harsha, I'm curious from your take. You know, you mentioned you know Discord, the onboarding. You know, Asai just mentioned some of the, that instant utility. You know, from a you know you all three of you being younger and also content creators and having that like, younger skewed audience. How do people? Are people Native to Discord? Is Discord something a majority of those that are coming in are like, oh, I got I'm I'm in lots of Discords? How does that go? And then I'm also curious from a like a gamification perspective, you know, I've noticed, and and um it's not ageist, it's more of like just me looking at our data. You know, there are a lot of people that are, let's just say, 50 and over. That really do value, you know, having their role in Discord and their name being a different color. And I would say, like for me, pre Web three, I didn't expect that, and it was like, oh, okay, like I like that. We can we can you know lean into that. I'm curious, Harsha, how has that experience been for you guys, and like especially with your demographic, with maybe being you know young, you know, skewing a little bit younger, but also probably skewing newer to to NFT, you know, crypto space as well.
0: Yeah, I'd say. Uh, For the first question with uh, the familiarity of Discord, I think you could split it into two groups, right? Web3 and Web2. Um, Most of the people in Web3, I'd say they definitely are aware of Discord. Um, If they've had some sort of like understanding or learning about blockchain and what's going on, they definitely have heard of Discord, um, know what it is and just the basics of it. I think Web2 is split. Um, There's definitely the people that have been using it for uh, either classes or for business or small groups and communities that are very much aware of it. Uh, a couple of my classes, actually, I'm at Georgia Tech right now, um, and they they use Discord as well. And a lot of people are familiar with that. But I think with Web2, the other side of Web2, they have no idea what Discord is. They don't know how to click a role to verify and react or why, they, why their name just changed colors after typing three times. Like, I I think that part is definitely a little difficult. Um, And I I would say that's uh, actually what we've been thinking about for a while. I think uh, with what Sai was saying, with the hustlers and the people that try to join our Discord and our community, one of the biggest uh, things that are holding them back is actually the Discord because they're like, okay, I have to make an account now. Sometimes you have to have two factor and they're like, why do I want to do all this? Like it's so much work. So I think we've kind of tried to alleviate that by using alternative security protocols so people can enter and just have a very thorough understanding of what's going on. And then we're also trying to create some sort of discord, um, education base where people can go to a Discord and they know exactly what to look for, right? So, um, I mean, when we all go to Discords, the first thing we try to go to is the announcements, the about page, and then go to the general chat. But I think when people are just joining a Discord, they're going to be overwhelmed with so many channels that they have no idea what's going on. And I think when it comes to onboarding people uh, from Web2 onto Web3, I think this this is usually one of the biggest things that I've seen. But when yeah, it comes to the, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to
1: throw in real quick. Cause you know, I will tell you, I, I join like right now, like three to five discords a day because of the mm-hmm. looking. And I usually hit the verify button and I like close my eyes and like, please don't, you know, like, it's like 6,500 channels. And I'm like, and everyone has the like, most creative name you've ever heard of. And I'm like, all I want is general chat. Like where the hell is, you know? And I'm like, I'm like up and down, up and down. and And like, and for me, like, it's a little frustration, but we we know it's a necessary evil, right? And for a lot of people, they don't understand the necessary evil component of of Discord. But I'm with you on the the fact that it can feel like it can be a barrier for a lot of people. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, the one thing I will say is we just need to be, make two-factor authentication the gold standard for every app, everything we do. Like, there just needs to be it's no longer just because of web three, right? Like, I mean, the fact that we, you know, even from MetaMask to our banks, uh, and it needs to be two factor on app, uh, you know, not SMS, not telegram. We've seen some of the hacks that are going on there, but I'm with you. Like, I mean, I I was on a call yesterday and I was helping someone go through something and they were complaining all like multiple times. like, Oh, I can't stand having to go back to this authenticator app. I'm like, or you could just let your stuff get hacked, and 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 we can deal with it that way. I mean, and and they're like, okay, good point, Brian. So I I just want to throw that in. But yeah, Harshad, go ahead, and I'd uh, love to hear the the last part that you're gonna throw in.
0: Yeah, I I was actually, that's a funny story. One of my friends um, like knows that I'm working on Metaverse and he said, okay, let me hop on the discord. Let me see what's going on. So he made an account and then he went to go to the Verify channel, click the button. And he said, wait, nothing happened when I clicked the button because he was on his phone. So I was like, okay, you need to swipe out and then now look at all the channels. So it's just small nuances that I think people just get really confused about. But yeah, when it comes to the demographics, I think It's definitely a large group of demographics. Um, I know with us especially, we definitely interact with a lot of the younger side of it. Uh, A lot of my friends in college, I would say it's very much split where um, there's people that are super bullish and super involved in the space. Uh, A lot of my friends that are computer science majors uh, know that it's it's going to do really well. And they're honestly trying to break into that space of getting into solidity and blockchain dev. Um, which I think is a huge, huge uh, component uh, for a lot of startups, especially, um, and for colleges for people to get into. Uh, so I think it's definitely mixed. Uh, some people on the younger age, I feel like might are, are harder to convince if they're very, like, stubborn on their stance. Um, but I think they're more willing to learn. I know people that are of the older demographic, uh, they they don't really understand the value of it. I think I've had a much harder time uh, talking to people that are a lot older than me because they said, okay, wait, what is the security behind this, right? So I definitely understand that aspect. I think once you start getting older um, and start investing and doing a lot more things, you really look for security. Um, a majority of people do, right? Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that's been holding them back. So I think over time, as we slowly innovate and have more security measures and some sort of consolidation of security, uh, that that would probably help onboard a lot of these new people.
1: Well, shout out to Georgia Tech. I, I love that campus. I'm a, I'm a fan. I've been there uh, many times. Uh, and, you know, also, you, you mentioned computer science major. Uh, I'm curious, you know, I I feel like there's a lot of misinformation around crypto and the blockchain, even from a sustainability perspective, right? I appreciate there is a much, you know, a younger generation that does care about the environment in ways that I'm just inspired by. But there's also this idea of like, are we looking for information that can either, you know, go into a bias or help us decide not to change, right? Like, oh, you know, I heard, even though it might not be true, I heard blockchain's not sustainable right and then it's like well do you have a uh do you wash your clothes and have a dryer because if you have a washer and a dryer in your house you're using a hell of a lot more energy than any blockchain node is using and so when until you start putting your clothes on a hanger outside and that's your you know your form of washing your clothes like that, that that's part of it but i'm curious from a you know in university from a you know computer science majors, you mentioned about like devs and, and starting to learn some of the you know front end and back end that's needed in the blockchain. Are, are people looking at like through the from the college perspective, even from computer science majors, are they looking at the blockchain more or are they looking at crypto NFTs more as far as like where the the attention's going?
0: I, I definitely think um especially computer science majors, it's definitely more on the side of blockchain and crypto applications. Uh, I have one of my friends working on this cool creator token that essentially allows anyone to integrate like Twitch and different platforms and create like a little creator game economy out of it. Uh, it, Innovations like that, I think are really cool. And uh, I, I know colleges aren't really focusing that much on blockchain and Solidity Dev, but I think people that are, uh, future thinking, they, they very much, uh, are trying to get into that space. I think, uh, I do know a couple of my friends that are into more of the business side of it where they, um, have their own NFT services where they develop the smart contracts and, uh, create DAOs and different types of applications. But I think a majority of people that are trying to look into it are more so trying to get into the startups or get into these big, uh, big, uh, places like Coinbase, Binance, that those types of places. So.
1: I love it. And, and, you know, for those that are struggling at a university to get education on, on blockchain and web three, they might just need to go check out some metaversity and that's where they'll get the the things that are not, they're not getting there. Right. Which I, I think is a, a beautiful combo. Um, Shrieker, I'm curious from, you know, for, so, you know, we, you've been adapting, you've been preparing for kind of the, the Genesis launch, you know, um, give people a little bit of like you know the state of where you're at right now with the with the project and you know what people can look for. You mentioned uh, you know white lists, uh, you mentioned you know you do have a very active discord. I've, I've been in the discord for a little while now. Uh, talk to me a little bit about where you guys are at currently and and what people can uh, you know can anticipate.
3: Sure. So we're actually doing a Genesis launch like you mentioned fanzo uh, very soon actually, where people are able to mint one of a hundred nFTs. And these are going to be a lot more exclusive. We're really doing a thorough check on every single person that applies to mint one of these NFTs. And the reason being is we want to create a really solid foundation for metaversity and not only for the Genesis holders, but also for the entire community that's to come about. And when you have people who are, let's say, influential content creators or entrepreneurs or business people who are owners of these Genesis mints then what you'll see is the structure and the base of Metaversity is going to be a lot stronger. And what we're essentially trying to do is build that foundation so that a lot of our community members in the future when they mint our 5050 NFTs will receive education and training and seminars and all of these different aspects of education from various people, not only the core team, but also the extended wing of the core team, which we really see in our Genesis holders. So for the development of the project, that's where we are right now. We'll be minting our Genesis NFTs very shortly, which people can apply to. And that more information about that will be in our Discord directly where uh, people can learn. And after that, uh, we'll be doing our full collection release, which will entail over 5,000 NFTs. um, And our holders will be able to receive that education aspect that I was talking about Whether it's AMAs in our Discord, seminars, workshops, in person events, these are all things that we're working on organizing currently to be able to provide the full benefits to all of our holders.
1: I love this. I mean, I love this play. You guys know this. Like, for me, like, I mean, so many projects don't figure out what their audience wants or really what matters the most to their audience until they've sold out and they got 80% of the wrong people in the project, right? And we've seen that. And, you know, maybe that's the byproduct that we're seeing right now at the market where a lot of people are flushed out. They probably should have never been in that project, right? And I've talked with you guys before, right? You know, the utility you're providing is going to require people that are going to think bigger and, and, and are, are kind of thinking next level as well. And I'm excited to see that, you know, that core group of that hundred that you're able to kind of launch with and then how that kind of, uh, you know, shapes things, uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, Sai, I, I'm curious, you know, you know, as we look at, you know, the the space, as you look at, you know, metaversity and some of the things that we're learning, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, Harsha m- mentioned about, you know, the dev side. We've talked about content, influencer marketing, I'm curious from, you know, we, we are, you know, three males on here are four three males, four males on here, uh, three male guests on here. And, you know, in, you know, not only, you know, inclusivity and diversity being important, but also opening the door and, and, you know, making seats at the table for, you know, those that identify as female and for representation and non-binary and, and the LGBTQ plus uh, arena. How are you guys looking at that? Because there is something, you know, beautiful. I've got that core friend group coming together, but being able to bring in some other voices, some unique uh, perspectives, I I know is also important. I know you're something that you guys value as well. How are you guys approaching that, that part of the, the project?
2: Definitely. I think, especially in this space, it's super important to have this sort of like just diversity all around, whether that starts with the community members or even the founders and people on the core team. Um, Starting with that, all of our core team members are actually either people of color or minorities. Um, And then we also have Cameron and Simon who are kind of like advisors and directors on the project. Um, And with Bryce's community, it's actually... Like HBCU people. So the people he targets are HBCU colleges. He hosts a $100,000 fund every single year. Uh, And that's like pretty much his whole sort of demographic. And those are the people we really want to bring on because at the end of the day, education should be for everyone. I don't care if you're a male, female, non binary. I don't care if you're black, if you're poor or rich. It really does not matter. I think everyone needs education. And like I said, in the space we're in, it's important to bring that community together. And The way we're sort of doing that right now is just getting the word around, you know, telling people in marginalized communities or telling people, people of color, that we have this project that's open to pretty much everyone. I think a lot of projects nowadays are sort of just selectively choosing their members and they want to keep it like a certain demographic. They want to keep it like, you know, like a certain status, but we're really open to the fact that a lot of people want to learn and get that knowledge and information handed to them. And we're just trying to bring together the most, you know, the best people we can. And I think that just starts with heart. It doesn't really matter your, about your external appearance. I don't, you know, age, especially being someone young. You know, I always see this every single day, just people discriminating. And I don't think it's, it's really needed. So it all just comes down to the person you are as a human being. And if you're willing to learn, and those are the type of people we're trying to bring on.
1: I love that. And I'll just say for all those that are you know, limiting someone's ability to influence you or educate you based on, you know, race, religion, age, um, you are going to lead us down a web two path that we've already been there. Right. And, and the idea that, you know, I, we were um, in a, you know, tw- I was in a Twitter space yesterday afternoon and two of the people that were on stage with me were two that people that were both 15 years old and both of them are, are not only, you know, doing some amazing things in crypto, but one of them was writing a book on educating uh, elementary school kids on coding, and it was a 15 year old, and I was taking notes. I will tell you, I took notes on my iPhone as I'm listening to that Twitter space because the 15 year old's you know experience and approach to what you know he looked at from coding whenever you know, seven years ago, it like blew my mind. And I was like, why would we not tap into a 15 year old's knowledge on how we could teach a seven year old rather than waiting for like a 30 year old to tell us how to teach a seven year old, right? Like that, some of those things that just are, you know, unfortunate. I think there's, you know, the other part of this place, you know, and I think, you know, just, just me, you know, sharing this from like, you know, experience that I've had, right? Like, it's funny, like when I was in college Napster and, you know, straight, we, we were, we were, we were stealing music, not at the time. We didn't know we were stealing mu- music uh, with LimeWire and Napster and and that world. But you know, it was funny. I was loving the idea that we were removing record labels from controlling some of the music things. And but it wasn't until people saw that I was making money, like I was buying our 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 college kegs and pizza with my CDs that I was burning on, on and selling to my, those in my dorm. And unfortunately for me, like people didn't realize, like I was looking at it saying, like imagine how we can share music and this like peer to peer conversation that was, and we were like, we were using AOL chat and, you know, Yahoo groups, which most people, including you guys never had to, to, to deal with a lot of th- those things. But I, I, related a lot to where we're at now, right. Where like, I really wish that like, whenever I jumped in, even to my first, you know, government role, I came in and said, Hey, how you guys are deploying your, you know, your collaboration tools in the U S government is broken. This is how they're doing it in Yahoo groups and in forums. And they're like, "Hey kid, check yourself. This is SharePoint, and we're going to go through the and it was, you know, 7 years of deploying something that it took 7 years for them to come back to me and say, "Brian, um, could you fix this what you just helped us deploy?" And so I hope I with like all of my fiber that we can we can not only remove some of these biases, but I I will also challenge anyone that's out there in this space that has a platform that has um, the ability to bring these things to life is like, let's back it up. Let's bring young voices um, onto the, you know, onto the stage, minority led projects, women led projects, and let's make sure that we don't allow that to become the norm. Because, you know, I had to put someone in check in a Twitter space just because I could tell the tone that they were using with the person that was 15 was different than the tone they were using with me. And that was not okay. And I had to, I, I had to call it out, you know, publicly in the in the space. And and for me, like you know, doing it my best as a teaching moment, right? Not belittling that person, but recognizing like this is something we all have to know. So um you know I I love what you guys are building. I know we're gonna put a lot of the the notes and things down um below. You know, Shrieker, I'm I'm curious, you know, you know, when you came out, you know, we met at VCon, you know, I loved, you know, the family aspect, the, the friends that have been, you know, kind of ride or die for a long while. And you guys are continuing to educate and, and building businesses and kind of moving through now with, uh, you know, metaversity. I'm curious figure from a standpoint of like, if we have, you know, maybe it's some of your peers, maybe some of our, our younger demographic that right now they're trying to figure out like, what is their role? In Web three, or like maybe they're like, I don't have friends that are in it like you guys have that that are lucky, or I don't have the the background as an influencer, marketing, or content creator. Shrieker, what would be your advice for those that are listening that that maybe are looking for like their role in Web three? What would you tell them as far as getting involved?
3: Sure, Fanzo. Uh, I would say the biggest thing really is connecting with other people. Um, at least for me, what I realized was that. A lot of times people are a little bit hesitant to reach out to others, and this really goes along with what you mentioned with being all inclusive with every single person out there. And the beautiful part of Web three is I think a lot of people share that similar mindset to as to what you described Fanzo and really bringing up people, no matter how old they are, what gender, what race, doesn't matter. and that gives people an advantage because now everyone can reach out to each other. And being able to connect with like-minded individuals and other people, whether that's in Discord, on Twitter spaces, on social media, which has been a huge thing today, that's just an amazing way for people to really connect and be able to learn more and provide and receive that value and education. And being able to do that will allow whoever that is out there who's trying to receive more information to be able to build out themselves and their own brands in a way too. So- yeah, I would say that, was, that would really be the biggest advice from my side is go out there and start reaching out to these people because you never know which connection can help you out. And you might just be one connection away to something. And I know it's tough for some people to be able to do that because sometimes it's like you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you don't even know who to reach out to, but it's really just about finding communities and Discord and all these medias are really helping people do that.
1: And you know, and I have to give you credit, right? I, I don't know if if you don't come over... To me, and track me down at Vcon if we're having this conversation on the podcast, right? And I, and that is you taking the action, right? And you, you know, running up and also doing it from a place of very, like, for you were, I mean, it's textbook in my opinion. And I, and I know it wasn't like methodical on your side, but like you showed you care about me first, and then I leaned in to care about what you had to say, right? You talked about the podcast, and you were very grateful. And you know, all three of you have been, um, you know, not only kind words but supportive. And and I've, you know, for me. You never know who's listening, right? You never know who's watching, I, and I wish more people understood that. But I, I sometimes don't realize that, right? Like I being on a call the other day, and and someone was like, "Oh, Brian, did you know one of the you know executives on the My BFF project quoted your podcast twice?" And I was like, "I had no idea that they were even listening to the podcast, right?" And but I also think there is something about taking that action, seizing those moments, right? That's what that raise your damn hand uh, to me means, you know, at its core as we kind of pull this together, you know, as I could talk to you guys for hours, we've had, we've had some very long, uh, fun, uh, zoom calls, uh, Cy, I'm curious from, you know, as someone that is younger going through college, you know, the idea of like putting yourself out there, telling your story, you know, you do it from a, a creator perspective, but there's like this, I've always believed in the personal brand because my business and my life has changed by me investing in that. But I also feel a personal brand comes across very markety, like right, like like oh, I got to build like a brand, like you know, like I you know have to get over that. I'm I'm curious from you know those that are in your you know maybe in your audience or community or your peers right now. What do you think from uh, a mass adoption or from like what what would be the the aha from like this space for some of your peers to kind of come in with a a different view because I know some like when I saw Full Send doing uh, an NFT project, I'm like. I was, I mean, I crossing my fingers that it comes out positive, right. And they deliver because there's a demographic that they're reaching right now that majority of them are probably not uh, have anything to do with this space. They, none of them, you know, they're all wallet list, you know, per se, but I'm curious side from yours, your take, what would you think would be, like, would it be, you know, a use case in like in gaming or maybe a use case in entertainment um, or even like maybe a, a, you know, a couple creators, you know, embracing it in a way that's creative, like you mentioned Twitch, what would you say would be the the thing that you think would really be the, the aha moment for those that you know, are kind of your age or, or your peers?
2: I think people who are my age need to start with one thing. Put aside the money, put aside the fame and stop worrying about the ROI. And start focusing on the impact. And I think with that, you sort of have to think about the value that you're providing. So everyone watching this right now, it really just starts with us. You know, me as a, when I started this whole thing when I was 15, I had no idea that I'd be able to influence so many people. But doing that, it's been so surreal. And no one is different than I am than anyone is. I think we're all the same people at heart. So start with yourself and see how you can start to provide that value and. It's, it starts with the little things, you know, just telling people kind things, whether you're in a Discord community or in an NFT space, just just promoting the fact of positivity and just spreading that throughout the space is very, very needed. And as you can start to provide some sort of value, you'll start to create impact. And I think with that, this Web3 community will go so much further than we all like, you know, just so far ahead. And I think that's very important as a community. And I think something that we can all do collectively is just getting on podcasts like this, you know, just spreading the word of, what we really want the space to be. And people who don't have the opportunity to do things like that, just get together with your friends and start putting out content. I think at the day and age that we live in right now, content is literally king and we've seen that firsthand. So, you know, whether you whether you like creating content, whether you don't, just start doing something where you can um, showcase what you're doing in your daily life and showcase that impact that you're actually providing. And as we all start to do that, I think the space will be beautiful to
1: see. Oh, that's, I mean, great advice. I mean, the idea... When we throw out ROI and that money side and that you know trying to be famous, and we just try to impact you know one person, like imagine how amazing this world would be if we each own the fact we could influence one person a day. I mean, we we could change the world as simple as that, right? We don't we don't need anyone that needs millions of followers, right? We could literally simply, and I think you know from looking at you know not only your content but what you know many of you have, have built a lot of it is started out with impacting a few that impacted a few more that all of a sudden we're able to kind of grow that. Uh, Harsha, I'm curious, you know, as you know, you look at, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, you know, currently as far as computer science and, and developers looking at things like, you know, not only different, you know, blockchain uh, coding and that side, what is, what is something that you're excited about, maybe learning more about or studying more about to bring into Web3 that you know maybe that might be able to help? Because I mean, I love smart contracts, but you know, unfortunately, a lot of that's stuck in kind of the Ethereum uh, side of the world, right? And how does that you know go beyond Ethereum? I mean, I'd love to hear your your thoughts on like the future thing that you're looking forward to learn more and kind of bring back to our world.
0: For sure, yeah. I, I think um, one of the biggest things that I feel like, especially when it comes to that uh, development side. I, I very much think one thing I'm looking forward to is like no code tools. I think that could onboard so many people and just like, it, it's like those, uh, those free tools like code.com and code Academy that we have for web two, um, that it, like literally I know like some of my younger cousins, they just got on there for fun and they think it's so cool, uh, but they're actually learning something very valuable. Um, and I think if we have some sort of no code tools, kind of like crypto zombies, but, um, along the lines of where you can create full, full fledged production, um, I think things like that could be awesome. And I mean, I'm an electrical engineering major, so I'm not too much on the coding side of things. But I think it's a very good uh, piece of knowledge to know, especially going down the line when we start building our own applications for Metaversity. I think having a firsthand uh, understanding of what's going on will just help integrate the utility side of things with the technical side of things. So I'd say that's, that's probably one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to. That'd be so dope.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna get there, right? And the beauty of it is, we don't have to wait for anybody else to build it. We can all build it here, right? We can, and that is, I mean, that is the truest heart of decentralization. That uh, you know, like identifying what worked in Web two at some point, and then let's reimagine it and create it together in Web three. Uh, Shriker, I, I, you know, the I want to kind of wrap this by, you know, you guys have teamed up with some other great projects um, that have supported you, and that not a lot of. You know, like there's a lot of projects that throw around the whitelist here and there, but not from a project kind of like, hey, we want to collaborate, want to believe. Throw out some of those names, some of the projects that you worked with, and then uh, leave our audience with like, you know, from a metaversity perspective, uh, you know, a little bit of like your uh, you know vision for the future, and we'll kind of wrap a bow on this episode.
3: Yep. Uh so we actually did uh Twitter spaces just last week with Fancy Bears who have been an amazing group of people they've been building for a while sold out their collection have came out with this cool new feature called Trait swap, where you can actually switch your traits with other NFT collections and receive utility from those collections as well. Uh, which is actually something Metaversity is going to be partnering up with where uh, holders will be able to swap on like a Metaversity trait onto their board apes, for example, and be able to come onto our discord, receive education, get access to our course materials so I think that's been really cool and their developments have been amazing. Bartek is actually one of the co-founders of Fancy Bears and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, owns a bunch of apes. He's an amazing dude, been in the space for a while. And that's really been a really quality uh, partnership that we've been having and looking forward to developing in the future as well. And we're currently in talks with them right now, how we're going to be developing that for Metaversity, as well as talks with other projects. Uh, so Henry the Grape, who's a council member on Cyber Kongs, uh, yep. amazing dude, and, and an amazing project, Cyber Kongs. You guys should all definitely check out. Uh, they've been doing really cool things in the space for a while. And I've been in talks with Henry, a little bit similar to our story, So I actually met up with him uh, at NFTLA, and we just kind of clicked it off. My brother and I talked to him a little bit about what we were building at Metaversity. He really liked the education aspect. And since then, we've just been talking about how we can provide value to the Kongs community, And uh, be able to receive that value back in a way which benefits both parties. But overall, I think being able to build these genuine connections and um, interactions with these people and projects has been something that Metaversity is really eager to keep doing. And those are just a few of the projects that I think have a really good future, but also are super genuine in the space and really care for bringing up the other projects in the space who have ideas uh, and have been doing things in, uh, that are really positive for the communities. Um, and yeah, so to really wrap that up, I think it's been super cool and we're looking forward to seeing where these relationships will go and develop in the next few months for sure.
1: Well, gentlemen, I, I thank you all three for joining. I I love the fact that, you know, we connected, you know, just you guys supporting the show and talking about it. And, uh, and then we got to you know hang out, share some pizza. Uh, we've got to do some Zoom calls and, and got to you know learn more about each of you and what you're building. And you know I I do you know I, I I get a lot of my energy off of the fact that I know that I get to share a space with great people that are doing great things. And uh, all three of you are are those uh, no doubt. So. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, tuning in with, you know, to the podcast, also jumping in to be guests uh, today. And I'm excited, you know, we'll share for those listening, you know, as it leads up to the, you know, the mint day, we'll share some more information and some updates. And I already told them like, if it, if it ends up being season two or maybe near the end here, uh, season one, we'll have to uh, bring them back on talk a little bit more about like the launch and some of the things that, you know, we see going on uh, between now uh, and the end. And, you know, for, for those that are listening too, you know, I think there is, just something really powerful about, you know, the power that we can bring to education, right? Because uh, who knows who we can educate that can then create the tools that many of us need. And, and maybe one of those people can create a tool that you know, replaces Discord so that we don't have Discord as, the, as a barrier to entry. Uh, but, you know, part of that is also, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, great people at great events. Uh, we mentioned we are at Vcon. Uh, we've also met together and had pizza over there at NFT NYC. You know, our sponsor for the podcast is the Crypto Business Conference. It is happening in San Diego um, in October, and excited for not only the fact that it it'll give it me great content and education from the stage, but it really creating an environment that really you know fosters uh, you know collaboration and you know, you're getting to know people from different walks of life. Uh, and also just kind of a, a welcoming environment where you can sit down at different tables that have different themes and, and share information and grow together. So for those that are looking for that, make sure to check out the, the crypto business conference over there. It is socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. So um, with that, um, you know, we will definitely put in the show notes. We will share uh, you know, what everyone needs to know about, uh, you know, metaversity. And, you know, I will, you know, I gave this call to action last night on, on Twitter spaces as well. You know, in Web 2, a lot of us, we, we loved and believed in certain causes. And we believed in education and equality and diversity. And we believe in everyone being treated fairly. But I think many of us had to come to the realization, especially over the last five years or so. And, and for me, a lot of that happened with the murder of George, George Floyd, where I recognized that, like, my silence was not helping and that it was action and it was using my voice uh, to make an impact. And I think for those that are listening to the podcast, you know, it's easy for us to talk about how great it is to have a project or have, you know, great young leaders like these three gentlemen that are creating something great. But if we want to make a difference, we want to make an impact, we have to take action. We need to support these projects. We need to get, you know, behind them. And as you mentioned, like I mean just the idea that they're dropping, you know, 100 Genesis that you're applying to be a part of and they want to help use those 100 people to help shape and even amplify and include what they're delivering. I think that to me is what it's all about, but it starts with taking action, right? And for anyone that's here, uh, let's be the web three movement that doesn't just talk about equality. Doesn't just talk about social good. Doesn't talk about removing biases around age or, or, or gender. Let's be the ones that support it. Let's be the ones that take action. Let's put it in our wallet. Let's celebrate those great projects and great people. So, um, with that, uh, until tomorrow, my friends, uh, make it a great day. Cheers.